Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. Hey, it's another episode of Bleacher Blums. I am Jeff Blum, your co-host of Bleacher Blums. I'm also eventually, someday soon, hopefully, the current current color uh, commentator for the Houston Astros working for Major League Baseball and out there on I'm in Houston and my good buddy David Tuttle is out there on the left coast out in Southern California he's enjoying his you had a cold front go through there I think did you guys get cold like 60 degrees 40 degrees 50 degrees what do you got <laughs> yeah we got a little hail the other night it was about I think did was- you really yeah, I saw some of was, that because of the Genesis tournament in uh, Palos Verdes. That's right. It was it was I think a, a a balmy forty degrees in Southern California, <laughs> which is you know I mean Houstonites would laugh, so would East Coasters would laugh at us. But yeah, it was woo, it was a little brisk. It was forty <laughs> degrees the other night, and we actually had to layer had some, up. Yeah, we had some pellets hitting the car. We were like, oh, people were pulling off the road. It was like, oh, how weird is that? Right? Yeah. Was it big? Like it was a golf ball base? No, no, it wasn't that stuff. No, it was little pellets, little uh, little pellets. It looked like uh, cat litter. That's nice. Mm. I'm glad you had to endure that. You're probably and California is much like, uh, much like uh, Houston in the sense that you it gets cold every once in a while, but not cold enough to where you got to break out like, you know, your snowboarding gear or anything like that, or find the reason to go buy you know cold weather stuff. And that's probably the biggest thing for me. Living with a bunch of women is the second it gets (laughs) below 60 degrees, it's like, damn, we need a whole new wardrobe. And I'm fighting that constantly. It's like, put on a sweatshirt, put on a jacket, put on a scarf. We got that. That's fine. But we're not going out and just, you know, getting the fur, the parkas, and all that stuff. Well, you also have five women in the house, which, I mean, we've talked about that on the podcast before. But, man, five women would be nuts. I mean, it's one thing to get one new wardrobe or two new wardrobes. You know, I have a, <laughs> I have three women in my house. But, uh, yeah, five women is going to be you know, eventually they'll hopefully be getting their own wardrobe. Like to your point, they'll be out of the house buying their own wardrobe. But it is funny how I think, I don't know if it's a this scientific thing, but you know, you do get accustomed to where you live. You know, I lived in Connecticut oh, yeah. growing up and my mom would come out and yell at me at the bus stop because I had my jacket off. I had a beanie on, we're throwing snowballs and I got red cheeks and a t-shirt. She's like, put your winter jacket on. <laughs> You know, like, so there you're like, you know, it's 30 degrees out and you got, you know, you're like running around the bus stop. Whereas here, and admittedly, I go to my daughter's soccer practice the other day at five o'clock and at 530, the sun comes down and I look exactly like that. (laughs) I got the hood up. I got a beanie. Do I have a beanie? Do I have any mittens in the car? Trying to find that stuff is hilarious. It is hilarious. And I've actually become like one of those parents. It's funny because the parents will look at me and they're always shivering. The last 15 minutes of practice, like the pickup time, they're like, oh, and I'm over there. I've got a beanie on. I usually have AirPods in, so I'm not talking. But I got a beanie on and I got a full-on jacket. Yeah, I'm like warm and toasty. Yeah, I'm locked in. They look at me. I'm like, hey, I just keep it in my trunk, people. Like, Get with the program. It's an emergency. You have like your go bag in the back of your truck. That's right. But I do think, and you know, this is funny to start with the weather, but I mean, Houston is probably – one of the highest varieties of weather, you know, I mean, you go, you yeah. can have 105 and humid and all of a sudden it's like 30 degrees and windy and maybe snowy. And you're like, where did well, this come from? Like, that doesn't make and sense. And to your point, you know, the last couple of days, this is, you know, we're recording over the weekend. We had two days of 60 degrees and then 35 at night. And on, you know, the next week it's going to be 80 and thunderstorms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you're right about acclimating, you know, and it happened too. Like when you would go to spring training, I remember a lot of this, especially playing um, most of my minor leagues were on the East Coast. 
So until I got to the Florida, well, the only year I actually had a warm spring was in um, Florida State League in 1995. And a lot of times I would go to spring training with the Expos and we would spend, you know, a month and a half in this gorgeous 75 degree humidity. Everything felt loose. Everything felt great. You made the team you wanted to make and you broke camp and we got sent to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I'd be in thermal underwear and turtlenecks for the first month of the season or Ottawa, yeah. Canada. We'd be mm-hmm. we'd be shoveling out the bullpen, uh, shoveling <laughs> snow out of the bullpen so the guys would have a place to go. And so, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, you are a victim of where you're at. And I've definitely acclimated to Houston because my blood is thin as could be right now. I mean, it, the second it gets to 70 degrees out here, I feel like I'm like, damn, I need a sweatshirt, man. Yeah. Well, the weather in Houston's a lot like this podcast, folks. We're all over the place today. We uh, <laughs> we we did not we did not plan a whole lot, but that's been the case the last few podcasts. But you've stuck with us, and uh, it's been it's been fantastic. So you can reach us at Blummer twenty seven on Instagram and Twitter. Myself at Real David Tuttle Instagram and Twitter, and of course BleacherBlums.com. You can get some merchandise, and on YouTube, Bleacher Blums search gets you some short hops with some video clips of Blum pulling a sweatshirt over his head to show you what I look like <laughs> what I look like during practice. Practice. Um, what I will say is uh, the reason we're all over the place is, you know, again, you posted something yesterday that was really funny about the lockout, but it is. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I'm losing my mind on Instagram. It is not. It hasn't ended yet, and uh, <laughs> and really, we can only talk about factual things on this podcast because, as Jeff mentioned, uh, you know, he's employed by Major League Baseball. Well, Ma- Major League Baseball team, the Houston Astros, and uh, we I've can only talk about factual. Side. There you go. Um, but Blum, what, what, what's kind of the latest news? I mean, I think it's, again, it's a little bit of jockeying for position, which is so funny. Yep. We thought they're now saying if nothing's done by February 24th, if I'm not mistaken, or the 22nd, that they, they'll have to delay the season. What I find funny is I think March 4th is kind of the deadline. And, uh, it's really funny. Shout out to, um, Brian Strelitz. I ran into one of your old buddies and a guy I know his dad and stuff. And he actually had some good insight because, you know, he's been around the game quite a bit and he just thought... Um, you know, if they can get all of this dialed in by March 4th, then there probably won't be a delay. So I'm wondering what you think about that February kind of 22nd, 24th deadline versus actually March 4th. And if we get beyond March 4th, what, you know, what, what are your instincts tell you? I believe that you are correct. Obviously all of those are facts. And I think that this, this feels like the first time for me where there's actually been a deadline. I feel like there is a sense of urgency, but the, on the other hand, the one thing that drives me nuts is hearing about these 15 minute meetings. I mean, think about, you know, think about <laughs> the disdain. I'm trying to think of a better word than hate because hate is yeah, so, yeah. it goes so far, but well, think frustration about the, is a word. Frustration. Too, yeah. Disdain. Yeah. The, the, animosity. You would have to have, uh-huh. yeah, the animosity you'd have to have for somebody to walk into a room already ticked off and then to sit there and go, oh really? And then leave after 15 minutes. I mean- everybody has the desire to get this done, but walking in there after 15 minutes and saying, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it and leave really kind of, I don't know. I don't know who initiates yeah. that or how that works. Yeah. I don't know if it's the players or if it's the owners, but it, it, it's frustrating as a fan to sit there and go, really? I'm over here paying my good hard earned money or I'm wanting to work in my case, in your case, mm-hmm. and you can't spend more than 15 minutes to try and figure this thing out. We both know that we're going to have to bend somewhere. So why does it have to take that deadline? And that's just an emotional response to what's going on. But uh, yeah. uh, I, well, I believe it sounds that- like. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, dude. I was just going to say that sounds like, and I, hopefully you finish your thought. It sounds like date night with the wife. It's like we've been at home, we've been working all day, whatever, work out in the yard. 
go take a shower, get all dolled up, put your makeup on, comb your hair, get all dressed up, go out, have a margarita, some chips and some tacos. And you come home and you take it all down and get your pajamas and you go, it's like, like a 15 minute meeting is like, these guys are all wearing suits. It's like, all right, we're going to meet down there in the lobby of the hotel in the conference room. Let's go. And you're up in your hotel room and you're planning and you document it out. You get your tie, like get all crisp and like buttoned up and you walk in the room and 15 minutes later, you're back on the couch up in your room going, what the hell just happened? Like I, I, to your Why point. Why do we even bother? Why bother? Exactly. Especially in a, in an environment where most people are working at home and we're doing a lot of zoom calls. Like we don't know what's going on, but it just, it is, it's frustrating. And from a fan's perspective, it's really frustrating to be like, all right, well, I mean, what are they doing? Right. What are we doing? So I don't know. To the credit of the fans, I don't feel like the fan out outbursts have been as crazy as as they've been in the past. So I do give our fran- baseball fans a lot of credit, but I think we're getting to that point where fans are starting to get pissed because I'm starting to see tweets. I'm starting to see comments on my Instagram saying, dude, I bought tickets in the first week of spring training and now they're getting refunded. And you know where is that going? So I think that that frustration is going to start kicking in. Yeah. And I read, a, you know, I read an article the other day too that kind of described, you know, a lot of these spring training cities have agreements with these ball clubs and major league baseball to have games. I mean, now you're starting to infringe on, you know, what, you know, some major income for some of these cities for two months out of the year. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of financial issues going on here. And I think that that March 4th deadline is, is a strong deadline. If you get past that, then I might start to eh, panic a little bit and turn this podcast into a bachelor show, but I'm just Mm -hmm. kidding. I would never do that. Um, But, uh, (laughs) I do think that the end of February is that date because you and I both know that we've talked about this long enough and thought about it hard enough, and we understand that they've come to an agreement that it would take them three weeks of games to get the season going on time. And I think that end, that last week of February is going to be the week where they really hammer things out. But they need to come to an understanding that, look, owners aren't going to get everything they want. Players are not going to get everything they want. And it has to be for, for the owners, they want so much, they're just going to stick to their guns. But I think players need to understand incrementally if they can if they can nudge the ball in their direction going forward, that might be the best idea. And I don't know, what if it's a two-year contract on this CBA? We're back here in a in two years. You know, that's where I get frustrated is how long is a CBA? If they do come to an agreement, how long is a CBA going to be? Yeah, and the CBA has usually been like five years. You just raised a really good point, and I think it's funny to think about um, something I hadn't thought of before, which is the spring training cities. Because you know, we I had spring training yeah, in Florida it, it, it and Arizona. Me. I was like, wow, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So you have like Lakeland and Plant City and Tampa and you know Port St. Mm-hmm. Lucie and these like smaller towns, and then you know there's some newer facilities. I know the Braves are moving out of. Um, out of uh, Shoot, Orlando. West Palm Beach, where the Astros and uh, Nationals are at. That's, that's only a two-year-old, two, three-year-old stadium. That's right, but it's beautiful. But that two months, so we're like, oh, the owners, they just want 81 games in their home stadium and beer sales and ticket sales. And you start thinking about just this like six-week period of Florida mm-hmm. visits and Arizona visits, surprise Arizona and Tucson that had three teams when I was playing. It's like, you know, this is a this is kind of their economic, you know, here in California, we know like Laguna Beach and San Clemente get jammed during the summer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's a very short window. You know, you get frustrated, but gosh, it's your revenue for the entire year. And I think, yeah, it's a little dismissive. I mean, maybe it, it, you know, opens up a bigger can of worms when we talk about like minor league salaries and minor leaguers and all of that kind of stuff is, uh, is something that I hadn't thought about when you look at 81 games and the owners definitely want the season to start on time. 
if we start cutting into spring training, like you said, there are some livelihoods uh, affected, you know, probably deeper than they would be during COVID in these small cities in, uh, in Florida and Arizona. Yeah, not to mention all the free agent signings, because if it did if it did end today or if it does end on March 4th and you start to play those games and you start to get guys in camp, there are a lot of guys out there right now that have no idea where they would even end up. And no, they have to go point. through the whole negotiation process, too. Uh, I, I believe that there probably is some conversations going on through back channels, so to speak. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's like someone's at home. tampering like, in yeah, major sports. No, no. Or any but, sort of conversation saying, all right, we need a utility guy, and this guy, these are our first two choices, and we're just waiting for the lockout to end, right? That, that's yeah, it, it'll be funny. Like, the, the next day, how many guys are like, boom, 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 start yeah, yeah. signing and, and getting those things out 78 players signed today. You're like, well, 78 guys, they're all going to big league camp? No way. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so, so so that that is basically what's going on with that CBA. So March fourth, though, is your like if we get past March fourth, then we're, we're. I would then. keep an eye on that February twenty seventh, twenty eighth. You know, that's a week I, from I, today, I believe. I mean, yeah, and and Monday, <laughs> what the what is, I don't even know what Monday is. Monday the twenty second, I think February twenty second. They're supposed to be meeting again, so hopefully these become a little more fruitful and a little more aggressive in the understanding that uh, everybody's going to lose, especially the fans, if they don't get on the field. Because the last thing I think anybody wants to do is get into the regular season. You'll sacrifice games in spring, but this regular right. season, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. What I was So it's funny because February is a short month, and you were like, oh, the last week of February. So by the time everybody's listening to this, I think yeah, Monday is the 21st <laughs> and Tuesday is the 22nd. So we're going to be – next week is the week. I mean, they've got to be sitting down for longer than 15 minutes, to your point, and, uh, and be getting some things done. And now, like you said, we're starting to see some things on Twitter, that, which – you know, mostly we cannot talk about, right? You got the MLBPA kind of translating what Major League Baseball is saying. They're doing so, a good job of, of of changing the narrative. I, I, I believe, right. I think they're doing a well, good job. Well, you know, maybe you have a slight bias there, but I, I would agree with you. Yeah, I mean, a it's like a no, it's like a translator, right? It's like a it's like yes. a, a layman's like here's the here's what Major League Baseball said. Like they're this big entity on the hill, and, and then there's this tweet that comes out that says, "Well, what that really means is, you know, remember the players cannot go to work because they're being locked out. They want to go to work. It's like oh yeah oh." And then one last question on that: Then what is typically the length of the CBA? I haven't looked that up before, but isn't it usually like four to five years? I mean, I feel yes. like they they usually extend them so. They could, and they've done this before, kind of like you said, do a quick, I don't know if it's slapdash deal, but they could do kind of a quick, let's get this together, let's get two years so we can get the ball rolling, get in, and maybe with an agreement to negotiate next year. But I don't think I've seen a CBA longer, I'm sorry, shorter than two years or shorter than three no, years. No, I, th I think you're right on that. And you know what? I believe, I believe that Manfred actually has the ability to say, we are agreeing to the current CBA in place for one more year, basically kick the can down the road. Right. And I don't know if that would force, it would force the players into a strike situation if they wanted to do that. I don't yeah. know if that's an option. Uh, I hope it isn't, yeah. but you know, there's always the option of, okay, we'll extend it one more year. Yeah. Cause I know that's happened in the past. I believe it was, I was in on some of this stuff in 2002 or three where we got to that point, renegotiated some of the uh, logistics of it, but basically extended the agreement plus whatever, you know, whatever both sides came to an agreement on. And that's right. basically what can happen, you know, at the universal DH, some of the other things, but, uh, and it, you know, what else is the extended playoffs seem to be coming into play, which is kind of interesting too. And, and if it ever comes to fruition, we'll have a more of an opportunity to talk about it because we saw it in 2020 and what it meant to some teams, 
But uh, I think the further they delay the the negotiation and the agreement, that it kind of puts a delay on the extended playoffs. Uh, so those are just some of the things that are going on. Yeah, awesome. So hopefully factual. Why don't we uh, take a break, listen to our sponsor. I wanted to um, ask you about like the Valentine's Day Super Bowl thing. And so maybe when we come back, we'll talk about that. <laughs> As uh, Well, no, you just mentioned extended playoffs in baseball. And it just, again, I'm, I'm sharp yep. today. Um, and I was just thinking like when you got like, uh, when you got this like extended, you, it extends everything a week and then it's like, all right, now we're playing in a snowstorm, right? Cause we talk it like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Mr. October, if we, if we start extending playoffs into November, then what are we doing? So, um, uh, maybe we have like neutral site baseball games, who knows, but, uh, mm. let's hear, uh, from our sponsors on the blue wire podcast network. We'll be right back. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Word from our sponsor. Uh, I mentioned I was sharp. You you complimented me playing basketball for two hours in the morning. Get your endorphins going. I'm all fired up today. I got some coffee and some endorphins. Watch out for those endorphins, Blummer. They're popping, and that's they're what, popping. Man, you are impressive. You're 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 my idol. You're, you you are you're who just, I want to be. Yeah, you're just feeling sick. Yeah, I didn't Dude. play. I didn't play ten years of uh, you know oh, major league yeah. baseball. So. I mean, yeah. There's 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 things missing internally that would really make playing basketball an issue for me. But uh, that's right. You mentioned yeah. That. The current condition I'm in is not not anything yeah. to brag about either. Uh, I'm trying to cross all the I'm cross all the <laughs> almost said cross all the eyes. That's where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> that's cross right. all cross the all the eyes. Dot all the teeth. <laughs> and then you're, no wonder you're so. I'm a mess. <laughs> so, so we just got done talking about the CBA. So me trying to be proactive and be prepared, uh, which is probably the key to life is being prepared for whatever comes at you. I, you know, I know that I've gotten vaxxed. I've, I haven't gotten the booster. I've had, I've had Omicron, I believe. And I'm looking at everything I need to be prepared to travel this season, go to spring trainings, hang out with the guys and be available. And boom, I go get my booster. And guess what? Man, if this booster ain't kicking my ass. I've had a hundred degree temperature the last couple of days. I'm a little bit of a fog. That's why I'm crossing my eyes and dotting my T's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been a bit of a mess. So it, it's, it cut down on my golf game uh, Friday, but it luckily I didn't do it until after we went to Palm Springs for Valentine's slash Super Bowl weekend, which was kind of interesting. We were like, oh, this will be great for Valentine's. And then all of a sudden my buddy's isn't like, that an, isn't that an oxymoron? Valentine's yeah. Super Bowl weekend? Yeah, there's is like- no connection between those two at all. 
Oh. The only thing that helped us was, you know, the Dre and, uh, you know, Eminem and Ooh, Mary J. Yeah. Blatt. That The halftime show is the only thing that kind of salvaged it because my wife and, you know, wife and I, and you obviously you too, we grew up in that era of all of those guys coming up. So that, that kind of helped thought, us out a little bit. I thought Snoop Dogg was great, by the way. You know what's funny? Um, I always, always end is. this with the with the colorectal cancer screening thing, somebody posted, this had nothing to do with my job or anything else. And someone said, if you recognize and remember where you were listening to all these people, it's time to get your colonoscopy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's right. You know, I thought it was great. Right. Uh, so you can't beat that. But yeah. Of age. We're like, yep, that, we're 45 and older. <laughs> yep, we're, we're in that range. But um, so the extended playoffs. So I don't know if there's a correlation, but you talked about, we said before how exciting it was for teams in baseball to have this extended playoffs. We know how it affected the, <laughs> Uh, the NFL this year because of the Valentine's Super Bowl weekend. Again, sounds weird to say in one sentence or in one uh, breath, but uh, tell us a little bit of what you can in terms of how did how much of the Super Bowl did you actually watch being this as, as a sports podcast? And as you said, the halftime show helped a little bit, but um, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we were on the Super Joe train and I think if we did follow the money, like you and I, or we used to have that don't bet on it segment, but I think That's if we right. would have bet on the Bengals, we would have made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mattress Mac out here lost all of his money because he yeah. doubled up and got up to nine and a half million or something like that. And the Bengals lost. But uh, if you took the Bengals and money, uh, and I think I saw something that said that they were like 12 and five as far as covering the spread over the yeah. last couple of years. Um, so they covered. Mac did money line. He did straight win. Oh yeah, money line. That's money line. So no points, man. Yeah, all you do is like, take the points. He would have won all his money. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Mean, I couldn't believe it. I was like, but doesn't yeah. he cover? So that's the other thing. I keep interrupting you. That doesn't he cover his ass with like. If the Rams win, he's giving away furniture. If the Bengals win, then yes. or something like that, right? Like he's he's yeah, he's not he's losing all, all his that money, stuff. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I mean, he's recouping it in the mattresses that he sells or whatever, or furniture, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, no, he he's he's crazy, but crazy like a fox. He, you know, the, yeah. these guys that make a lot of money aren't 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 too dumb. <laughs> he was born um, in the day, not yesterday. He's trying. To, yes, he's that's the one. <laughs> we got them all here. But right. uh, no, I was I was fascinated by the game. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was kind of it, it didn't have the energy I was hoping for, and I don't know what caused that, but uh, uh, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was some good plays. I thought there were some big plays, and I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. I was disappointed that Joe kind of fizzled out towards the end when there might have been some opportunities. But on the other hand, Stafford and Cooper Cup might be one of the more incredible Super Bowl connections in, you know, I mean, it was reminiscent of Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. You know, if they needed a play, there was a guy to make a play. And it's still amazing to me in the NFL how – if you need a play made, those guys find a way to get open. I don't know if it's a sixth sense or, uh, you know, the savvy or the, that just, uh, that extra gear that these guys have to get open and the ability to find them. Uh, Aaron Donald, I thought that was a great story. They needed a big play on defense. Guess who gave it to them? Aaron yeah. Donald. So it was a lot of fun to be able to see that and see some of those guys come through. And I, you know, I believe that the Bengals have a bright future with Joe Burrow at the helm. They may be back a couple more times here in the next three or four years. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that's really hard to like pinpoint because they're talking about especially their in Cincinnati line and defensive line. But yeah, in Cincinnati, and remember, uh, Joe, uh, Joe, Dan Marino made the Super Bowl his rookie year and never went right? back and never won one. And Good so point. it's it is a little their talent is off the charts. But it'll be really interesting to see what they do, and that's why you got to kind of take advantage of the time you have. But I I do there isn't a um, as you know playing 
high-level sports for a long time. There's no predetermined destiny type thing. But the Rams, they had the experience. They had the talent. These guys have paid their dues maybe for a little bit longer than the Bengals. And sometimes it just seems that that whatever that is, that life force or that shift that they deserved it. But the Cooper Cup thing, I mean, you know, you could intentionally walk Barry Bonds in a crucial situation as Buck Showalter did, you know, with the bases loaded to walk mm-hmm. in a run because he figured one run was better than three or four <laughs> and, uh, you know, and winning some games. But man, you got to think two guys covering Cooper Cup on every play, you know, make him throw it to the backup tight end, you know, and well, especially with tight OBJ end out the, of the game too. OBJ blew out. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Cooper cup on that last touchdown was knocked out. And then they still like, remember he was like, they were congratulating him and he was like, you could tell he was in a daze. He was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. but still held on to the ball. He's an amazing story. I yeah. did. I did read a couple things. Maybe it was the athletic and I should have told you, Oh no. A guy that I, anyway, a guy uh, used to work at Fox. He's on The Ringer, Brian Curtis. We should have him on the podcast, by the way. He's, he's a, the, I think he's the chief editor for The Ringer, which is um, uh, Bill Simmons' kind of podcast network. Um, but he wrote an article saying, you know, everybody's an underdog. And it's an underdog story. He's like, well, Cooper Cup's grandfather played in the NFL and his father played in the NFL. He went to Eastern Washington, but he was the number one receiving like record holder at all time in the FCS, you know, so mm-hmm. that, I mean, as a rookie, uh, I'm sorry, as a freshman, he was an All-American. As a sophomore, he's an All-American. Like, this isn't like, oh my God, you know, he came out of like, you know, oblivion. He was a third round pick. He played at a smaller school, but... And he's a fantastic football player, but I, I I should send you the article. It's a really funny article about how everybody's an underdog. And, you know, we just love the underdog story. And it's kind of oh, like, yeah, yeah, well, this guy's a superstar athlete his whole life, you know, similar to you. You know, I mean, it's, well, it's not like you just... USA, now that the Olympics are going on, USA uh, is typically a, a worldwide, like, dominant athletic force. That's right. Yet here in America, we love the underdog. That's right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and th- and that and that's, Cooper that's, Cup, yeah. Cooper Cup for me. If you, li- I think it, I think it's much like Tom Brady, where if you line these guys up with other athletes, you're like that guy doesn't belong, and I think that's okay. why it makes him an underdog. Totally agree, and and but he, but he's not Julian Edelman, or you know, he's not no. one of these undersized. Yeah. Like, I mean, that my point is. The article basically says we like an underdog story, so we write every story to make everybody an underdog. And it's kind of like he's a third generation NFL football player. Now, the year he had and all the stuff he's done is fantastic and it's amazing. But let's not sell it like he just, you know, he was selling shoes like Kurt Warner was selling shoes at the, you know, like, you know, bagging groceries. Yeah, yeah, right. And to your point, I mean, you, even myself, right? I mean, we, we were the best athlete in high school, you know, most likely mm-hmm. one of the top two or three. And then you got drafted and then you move into, you know, you were a scholarship athlete. Like, you know, hitting home run in the World Series is a fantastic accomplishment, but it wasn't like, you know, your bat just ran into the ball. Like, <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. I've never hit a home run before. And yeah, I wasn't and the I, Scott Pesednik of the World Series. That's <laughs> there you go. Right. Scott Pesednik. There you go. And, and my point is obviously, you know, these guys are fantastic athletes and I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't know how Cooper Cup kept doing it and kept doing it, especially the fourth down play, but I do feel like the right team won. But if you took the Bengals, as we said, yeah. and the points, you could have won money and watched the Rams win. My key to that, and I mentioned this earlier, the key to the Super Bowl to me was the play before the fourth down play, the third and one. And they kept showing the replay, and I haven't heard anybody talk about that play. It's third and one or third and one and a half. 
and P. Ryan, they decide to run the ball. And P. Ryan is like leaning forward. He's about to fall forward. And it's exactly what you used to do to your younger brother. Aaron Donald sheds his blocker and just puts his arm around P. Ryan's waist. And he didn't move an inch forward. He like fell down where he was. Mm-hmm. He couldn't. He couldn't move forward, and you know that's the weight room. That play, if you get a chance, go back and watch that replay. That's that old man amazing. Strength. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. P. Ryan's like 225. He's trying to run that way, and he basically stopped has got an tracks. arm around a blocker and an arm around the runner, and one hands him and still stops Absolutely. Him. And I didn't hear many people talk about that play. Yes, the last play where he put pressure on Burrow and they threw it on fourth down, but it's like, dude, the play before that that put him mm-hmm. in the you know kind of one 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 last shot was a way better play. Cause if P Ryan gets the first down there, I could see that game going to overtime, which is what I was telling my daughter. I go, they're moving the ball. The first play to Jamar chase. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to go to overtime. McPherson's going to make a kick and then we're going to have overtime and have a that's big discussion about that. So no, but that's what I love about these sports. And I, lo- I love about these game sevens and, you know, the playoffs and all of this stuff during the, and even, you know, having called, you know, nine years of Major League Baseball, 150 games a year is that you, you may not talk about it over the entire season, but if you and I are watching a game from day to day, and especially in baseball, I don't feel like it, you know, I feel like some of these games get down to some of that crunch time, but baseball, you can have that play in the second inning, you know, and I think if you're watching baseball on a daily basis, you're like, if you go back to that that double play that wasn't turned in the second inning, put them in first and third, less than two outs, and that run comes across the score, that was the ter- determining part of the game. Much like we saw, like you're talking about, that play that doesn't get talked about, it should get talked about because it – it, it's all everybody points to the touchdown catch or that that chunk play where it's a bomb down the middle of the field that sets it up but actually it's the play yeah. before the play that actually sets right. up the play and we and we know that just being around sports but i i just thought that was a bigger play than most mm-hmm. and you know uh, people were complaining about some plays or that but um how did uh, here's the, the pass interference question. bullshit that goes on in the nfl drives me crazy sorry yeah it is bullshit but the, you know the touchdown Suck. to start the second half where you know i don't know if his <laughs> hand got right his hand got caught <laughs> unintentionally and ramsey's yeah. looking around like what happened so yeah. you know i didn't like the call yeah from the middle linebacker i didn't like that call but i did think the one on the pylon was pass interference so it's kind of like, you know, there yes. weren't a lot of penalties, and and unfortunately, you can call a penalty on every play, right? They always say that you can call holding, oh, yeah. or and then this goes to balls and strikes. If you're really listening to baseball, it's like, look, what's the umpire's zone? And every once in a while, when he strays from that zone, people lose their mind. You know, it's like, wait, you've been calling this all day the same way, and you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you had a brain fart, and now like the whole you know stadium and both dugouts are flipping out because you know. It's but not that's consistent. the human element, man. I mean, everybody talks yeah. about the players playing under pressure. How about the refs and umpires and all these, uh, yeah. you know, all these officials on the field? I mean, they feel it. They're on the field yeah, and they're do. human. Yeah. Yep. It, it, and I didn't think them, that. But I mean, I was just, yeah. yeah. You didn't like those calls is what you're saying. Yeah, I just didn't like it at the time. I mean, I felt like it was pretty loose during the entire course of the game. And then all of a sudden they're like, Err! and I'm like, damn, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's right. Like, let's be consistent. I like it. All right. Um, so how how let's talk about you said you didn't golf yesterday, but you did golf out in Palm Springs. What was the mm-hmm. what was the vibe like without you know getting too personal? What was the vibe like with having Valentine's Day and Super Bowl? Kind of like was everybody on board? Like, hey, yeah, we're gonna watch the Super Bowl on Sunday, yeah. but let's have like champagne and strawberries on Saturday, and you know you kind of <laughs> mixed and matched or what? Like, how did that roll out? Well, I love that your man brain is kicking in because you're like, if I'm going to play golf, what do I have well, to do to compensate for that? Absolutely. That's that's what the question is. Like, I, this, I was trying I've to- got golf and Super Bowl on top of it. I'm going to go above and beyond. Yeah, there you go. I'm try, I was trying uh, to so, couch uh, the question. Yeah. 
This is so a safe space, Blum. Nobody listens to this. It's a yes, safe space. No. Just yeah. like your broadcast. I'm, I'm just another guy. Uh, so we played golf on the 12th and the Super Bowl was on the 13th. But, you know, I, I, I paid for the, the ultimate spa package. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be pampered on the course. She got, she has to be pampered in her own way. So her and her friend, they went to the spa, they got to do the whole thing. And luckily it took them long enough that we got to play our round of golf, but we teed off a little bit later in the afternoon. And it was because, we wanted, we desperately wanted to play PGA West out there in Palm Springs at the stadium course where they played the tournament maybe two or three weeks beforehand. Yep. So we got to play on a PGA style course and we had an absolute blast. But it was, dude, this might go did into you play from, blast. Did you play for the ladies' tees? Because I would. Hell no. I mean, like the greens are so fast. You're like, let's play from the tips back here. You're like, yeah. What the? Oh, dude, and I mean, it, it, and we're, when you start to play back, we played the blues. We didn't play the pro tees, so I mean, it yeah, brought yeah. some of the elements in, but the you're still are, able to to clear some of the water and avoid some of those things. But uh, yeah, the greens were ridiculously fast, but. We were cruising along pretty good through about 11 or 12. And I don't know if you know this about the stadium course, so I'll let everybody on the podcast listening is, they have a hole number 17. It's called Alcatraz, and it's an island green. And that was our entire goal was to have a great round, get to 17, you know, throw some bets on it, have some fun with it, take a shot at the island green. Because I've never played an island green like at uh, you know Ponte Verde out there yeah, for the Sawgrass, Players' Champ. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, this is our chance. And we're rolling. Oh my gosh! We catch up to the group in front of us, and I, I, I seriously, I don't, I, I can't say I don't lose my cool that often, but I, lo- I lost my cool. Had a couple of pops. We're having a good time, and we hit the brakes. Be- this guy in front of us, dude, swear to God, if you're paying, if you're paying over a hundred dollars to play on a golf course, and you're breaking out your fishing pole to go get your f- freaking oh, yeah. ball nah. out of the water, quit. Or I'll yeah. pay for you to leave. Yeah. I'm I'll not give you a sleeve and, of balls if you let us play through, or I'll give you a sleeve of balls just to like move on. Yes. So this guy is fishing, <laughs> and I'm like, and it's like a 220 yard par three, and I'm going, dude, you're, you're 78 years old, and you can't yeah. clear the water. So just yeah. take your medicine lay and go up. home. Yeah, lay up though. Oh, I mean, he, he doesn't smoke have it the left wood. And then his, chip it on. Yeah, his five wood or four wood ain't cutting the the 220. Oh. No, he's got a driver from 220, whatever. So, <laughs> and he's got a, they've got like their wives playing with them and she's like hitting it off the rocks and it's ricocheting back into the water. And I'm just like pulling my hair out. So that was one hole. We get to the next, next, uh, two holes ahead of, of where we're at. And we get to the tee box and bro has his fishing pull out. And it's not like it's extended like three feet. It's extended like 15 feet. I mean, he's getting into the drink and I'm like, let's go. I start screaming. I'm like, did you find it? You know? I'm, and I said the same thing you just did. I go, I got a sleeve if you just go. And, uh, his, his wife, <laughs> wife is teeing off, hits the T marker in front of her and it kicks behind her into the water. Mm. And I'm like, you Guess better he not. The fish, he pulled out the fishing pole. No. You know what happens is they go up to the ball in front of them and the cart girl drives onto the cart in the middle of the fairway and they get drinks. And I was like, I'll take a vodka soda. I'm screaming at him. And I'm like, dude, this sucks. So the marshal comes up behind us. He's like, how's everything going? (laughs) 
Probably because uh, he heard me from like three can, holes away. Can you see the veins in my forehead? I was and like, my, my voice is a little bit hoarse. My like. driver's in half over here, and I haven't even hit a golf ball yet. <laughs> and uh, and he's he, and I go, dude, we just want to play 17. I just want to play Alcatraz. And I'm like, these people like are fishing golf balls out of the water. They're hitting things that are hitting rocks backwards. And the guy continues to fish out. Now I go, now you're cart girls in the middle of the fairway serving drinks. And he's like, oh, we can't have this. And he goes, uh. Mark my word. He goes, you will play number 17. So he runs up there, yells at him. A whole later, they they quit. They go back. And they're driving past us. And like, you know, my brother and my buddy uh, uh, is are like, hey, you know, have a good rest of the day. I'm like, beat it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, what took you so long? Beat it. You know, I'm like, leave. So all of a sudden we get on our horse, we're like, whack. Sprint to the next. What are you one. at? Hole fifteen now, like yes. fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, and the, okay, and so. you know that big mountain in Palm Springs, the sun starts to drop, oh, and man. we're if like the racing. The sun gets behind that mountain, like you <sighs> said, it gets dark really quickly. Yeah. So we get Ooh. done with sixteen's. Got these, you know, the massive bunkers on the left, and we're just like, holy crap, this is insane. How do they play this? Man. We get to the tee box on seventeen, and you, I mean, you can bear. You see it in the video on my Instagram. You can man. barely see what's going on. Man. The marshal is next to the green and has his headlights nice shined guy. on the green. There's oh, a guy. I was like, dude, this guy is so pure right now. We So nice. we hit it. I hit the green. My buddy hit the green. We went searching around. We got to go out there and putt out in the dark. It was amazing. So yeah. uh, I, I was perfectly happy the next day during Super Bowl to be like, oh, yeah, babe, anything you need, babe. Yeah, whatever. Nice. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, get that. Yeah. Do that. Do this. I was like, so, yeah, that was, that was my uh, adventure come in Palm out and, Springs. come out and join you next time. We really should have. You know what? We 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 well, you had four, and then you we had plenty of room. That's all right. Next time, I'll my come brother out got to you. come out, so it was great to see my brother and stuff like that. Yeah, you posted some pictures with your nieces too, and that's great. I mean, oh, <laughs> dude, yeah, got to see them for the first time yeah. in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. that's that's Good. that's a long story made long. No, it's a great story. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, the PGA. I I have not played the PGA. I mean, I need to golf more. Is what I'm learning and. Uh, maybe as I you're get in, older, I and mean, the these kids courses you're around are so plush and, and nice oh, and fun. And, yeah. and I always end up playing like San Clemente Muni when, you know, when I get a chance. I, it's I not a bad track course. though. No, but it's funny. Like you said, there's tons it's of It's not the stadium course, but. No, not the stadium <laughs> course. And, you know, like you said, if you had teed off a little earlier, you probably would have been yeah. a little more relaxed. But I just, people are so funny about stuff like that. Like, you know, as you said, if you're out there paying 150 bucks for the round of stadium course and, you know, just. I don't know, pace of play. Like those people could have stayed out. They could have just let you play through. Like that's part of the etiquette. That's all they had to do. Yeah, that's all they had to do. And then you wouldn't ruin their day. They wouldn't have to leave anything like that. Like just on the tee box, let us play through. And then then you guys can finish how you finish. Like Mm -hmm. I don't don't understand it. I will still not understand people – you know, it's getting worse and worse <laughs> out there with, I think it's COVID, <laughs> like, yeah, the service industry, everything like that. So I got oh, plenty man, of stories. Yeah. Hey, so um, let's finish up with this then maybe. Um, I was just going to say, I heard a story during Super Bowl week that I hadn't heard before. And we've talked a little bit about your recruiting trips. And I, I didn't have a whole lot of recruiting trips because I signed so dang quick. But um, Ed Orgeron was on um, a radio show during Super Bowl week, and he was talking about this crazy recruiting story. And um, somebody said, well, Ed, because he was known at USC specifically before he got some head coaching jobs as their best recruiter. He worked with Pete Carroll and, you know, like Reggie Bush. How do you, how do you not want to play for a guy that sounds like Ed Orgeron? Well, I totally agree. I mean, when you so, say football coach, that guy's voice is like immediately the one that pops in your head. 
Oh man, Mark Sanchez did an impression of him on there, and it was dead on. Like, oh boy, oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, come on, <laughs> we're gonna run through a wall. Let's go, yeah, let's go. Come on, let's get a little, let's get a little arm work in. Come on, <laughs> come on now. Hey, don't forget the shoulders now. Don't forget those shoulders. And I'm like, oh my god. Anyway, it's really it's something you can practice. But uh, he was he he was spot on. I thought it was Ed Orgeron, but so the one that got away for him was uh, Adrian Peterson. Which is really interesting because Adrian Peterson was a superstar athlete in high school, and um, Ed Orgeron remembers like recruiting him really hard. He was always out in Oklahoma, and they followed all the rules. He remembers like he showed up to see Adrian Peterson's school. Adrian Peterson said, "Hey, you got to follow me over here because so Ed Orgeron can't have him in his car. So Adrian Peterson drives somewhere, stops at a little like mini mart, gets a drink or whatever, and then they finish out like they drove about forty five minutes out of town to this high school." And they go into this basketball game, and uh, Adrian Peterson's sitting in the bleachers, and Ed comes in and sits in the bleachers, and he's like, "So what are we doing out here?" He's like, "Why'd you want to meet me out here?" He goes, "Well, that's the point guard that I've got. I got a guard next week, and so I just wanted to watch him play some basketball." And Ed Orgeron's like, "That's my kind of guy." You know, you wonder why these guys are Hall of Famers. So he's like, "All right, this guy's sweet," but he's like, "All right, so you know, USC and Oklahoma are kind of the top two schools that he's debating on." And, um, I mean, this never happened to me. Maybe it happened to you. I don't know. People always talk about the money involved and whatnot. Ed Orgeron's like, all right. So Adrian Peterson's father was a convicted criminal. He was in prison at the time. And, um, and Stoops was, you know, recruiting really hard as well. And Ed Orgeron's like, all right, um, you know, Pete, this is what we got to do to get this guy. So let's, uh, let's see what we can do. He's like, so Adrian Peterson's number one thing is if he was going to choose Oklahoma, all the Oklahoma games were broadcast in the prison, in the penitentiary system, and he wanted his father that? to watch him play. So Ed Orgeron contacted the Department of Corrections in California, and they said, hey, could you contact Oklahoma and maybe get his father transferred to a correctional facility in California? <laughs> this is this is what he's saying. He's not doing anything illegal wow. at all. He's not That's paying the guy. beyond. He knew exactly how he could get Adrian Peterson to come to USC would mm-hmm. be to have the games broadcast and, the, and they just weren't going to do the Oklahoma football games. He's like, but man, if I can get him transferred across state lines and get at a, to a correctional facility in California, then I can probably Dude, get deep. Adrian. That's Peterson. how good Adrian Peterson was. That's, well, yeah. I mean, I think we understand that now. He's like 40 and he's still you know, like coming back to play. He's got other issues, but um, but certainly a fantastic football player and a, and a future Hall of Famer. But I just, when I hear stories like that, I mean, these are the kind of things about, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before, like Larry Bird being the best, you know, shit talker in the NBA and everybody's like, really? And then you just hear story after story after story. But Adrian Peterson, I mean, Ed Orgeron, not doing anything under the table, not paying the kid, but just like, you know what, Pete, if we can get his father who's incarcerated in Oklahoma. Always looking for that angle. He found it. That's right. Yeah, he found the angle, but obviously it didn't work out because Adrian Peterson didn't go to Oklahoma. There was no there was no way to get his father transferred from one correctional <laughs> facility to the next. But uh Anyway, I think his father's out of prison now. But boy, what a what a fantastic like that's when you know first of all how good the talent is, but also what a good recruiter mm. Ed is and uh he he ain't no dummy. But uh I thought that was a, a story worth sharing with the uh with no, the that, that's a good so. one. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could it. say I had something similar to that to get me to go to Cal, but there ain't <laughs> nothing like that. Hey, you got no, to storm no. the field. You said that last I podcast. Did. You got to storm the yeah. you got to storm the field when they beat uh who'd they beat? Yeah, was that the, the big game, Stanford? 
Uh, UCLA. No, they beat Ooh, UCLA for like the first time in like 15 years, and they were like freaking out. Uh, no, the, the only thing I got was um, my mom actually played it pretty good. Like when I was getting recruited to Cal, I think my mom had, you know, visions of 1960 in her head when, you know, Telegraph Avenue was blowing up and tanks were on fire up there and stuff like that uh, and this complete Berkeley, revolt yeah. during uh, Vietnam. And <laughs> she literally told the coach, she's like, my son's not going there. I don't, she's like, you can give him a scholarship. And then uh, seven, our Bob Milano came down and sat in our living room. He's like, your son's going to be fine. And I think that was finally the one, wow. you know, he came down and sat in our living room and said, if for my mom, it was, are you going to take care of my baby? And then for me, it was like, dude, am I going to play? I don't want to go up yeah. there and not play. So he, he, he didn't guarantee the playing. He said, if you earn it, you'll play. But he, yeah. he put my mom's mind at ease. And that's as close as we got. You know, what's funny about Ed Orgeron and that story is that it reminds me of Billions. Have you seen that TV show? I have. Yeah, when uh, they're a, always I'm trying to figure out each other's behind, weakness. I think. Yeah, yeah, we just got into the last season because uh, we oh. found it. My wife is, <laughs> dude, this podcast is spiraling out of control, and I don't know where my mind is at right now. You but mean billions you're throwing your wife out. <laughs> oh yeah, just... I'm burying her again. <laughs> so, but billions that you know they find the weakness, you know, kill it and make everybody pissed off. But. um my wife, we finally convinced her to watch Yellowstone. Have you seen that that TV show? Uh, no, again, I watched a trailer. I was like, eh. Okay. I mean, it's very predictable. It's like Dallas or uh, whatever those shows yeah. are, right? It was but like, it's yeah, entertaining. Kind of, the Cowboys are cool, right. and everybody talks, and gotcha. it's like, you know, I got to take a yeah. dump voice. <laughs> you know, grunting yeah, everything. Drawl. Yeah, like the yeah, Geico I commercial. Got, All I, right, we're going to meet you at high noon. newspaper. Like, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So my wife, all of a sudden, last night, pours a glass of Eagle Rare. I'm like, I go, somebody's been watching too much Yellowstone, man. And she's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Sipping her whiskey. I'm like, what the heck, dude? It's freaking hilarious. That is but uh, that's the only thing that kind of spurred that thought. Sorry. No, that's Podcast funny. She's mimicking. This is where we're at. Yeah. No, she's mimicking. That's good. Yeah, you're a little, remember you're, uh, you're crossing your I's and dotting your T's today. Something like that. <laughs> Definitely so. doing that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I got. I just I wanted to share a story that I had heard. So that's all I got for this. Podcast. No, that's a good one. So I think we're this rolling. is way more entertaining, dude. You've been good. Everything all right? Family's good. Oh yeah, everyone's doing. Kids well. sports? Uh, Are you into kids sports right now? What's what season is it? Uh, so flag football. Jenna's. Jen, I oh nice. Three kid, three kids, one athlete. So she's the quarterback on her flag football team, and she nice. is uh, playing club soccer. So she's busy oh, all dang. the time, and everyone else is kind of. Tyler's looking at uh, SAT. He's taking oh, okay. the SAT. UC schools have stopped the SAT now. So, um, oh yeah, you know, they made some. He's big still got to take it, but yeah, for out of state, he'll be fine. So he's just yeah. starting to. I don't know. Everybody says the essay is where it's at. I don't know if you helped your uh, daughter write an essay, but that's going to be the that's going to be the last straw. He's got grades and SAT and ACT, but now it's going to be how do we? Yeah, we were the in the essay portion with Mia, and I think what two three years they're changing the SAT again. But yeah. uh yeah, the the essay was I've got a funny story, a funny dad story between you and I about right. uh, and Mark, maybe our fans, depending on well, she's already in, yeah. she's going to Arkansas, but yeah. this, the essay was freaking hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well let's should we table that for next time or should we tell it now? Yeah, we should. And we are, you know, we didn't get a chance to get to the top one hundred baseball players. You know, our, our oh. producer Mark sent that to us, the article, and I think that uh I've got some Babe Ruth bashing to do. Oh. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not in on him being number one. So we'll, we'll table that for later. But hopefully, we come back with like an agreement on a CBA, and we can talk baseball and rosters and winning and stuff. 
That's right. And, and extended playoffs, maybe. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm not big on those comparative lists anyway, so it'll be interesting to hear. Me neither. I mean, maybe that's the whole thing to have him number one on the you know all time baseball list is like, wait a second, how old was he and what did he do? Like, come on, who did he you face? Know. Yeah, yeah, right. Will Chamberlain's in there too. There, how many seven footers were there? And Will Chamberlain was seven foot two, zero. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, dunk, 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 dunk. dunk. Yeah, hundred points. Come on. Yeah, Bob Cousy guarding Will Chamberlain. Uh, <laughs> that's a mismatch. Punch him so, in the kneecap and hope for the that's best. Right. Yeah, we're off the rails. So. Yeah, that's how we roll. All right, cool. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. Yeah, you too, man. I hope you uh, your hundred degree temperature goes down to somewhere around ninety eight point six. I believe that's the uh, operative operative uh, temperature. And you know, I'm glad you're uh, you're vaccinated and boosted. That'll enable you to travel in your workplace yes. environment if uh, if such things ever happen, which we think they might. I'm ready. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get out of here. Let's uh, thank uh, all our listeners, of course, and uh, our first responders, the military across the world, and teachers and healthcare workers. And I mean, you know, we kind of say that every podcast, but uh, it's a sincere, it's sincere, it really a sincere right. shout out and a sincere thought that we realize, you know, the freedoms we have are uh, given to us maybe by others that are willing to do things that sometimes we're not. So. Um, the sun's shining in here. It's not going to be 40 degrees today. It's going to be about 70. And uh, we, uh, we're going to enjoy the day and enjoy the freedoms that you guys provide. So thanks for uh, listening and tuning in. Remember, bleacherblums.com on short hops on YouTube. You can get bleacherblums.com um, for uh, merchandise and anything else that you need there. You can reach out and uh, make comments. I think last time we talked about movies and books and things like that. I got a couple of recommendations. At Blummer27 on Twitter and Instagram, at Real David Tuttle on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you're over the age of 45, uh, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. Blummer. Hey, get after it and believe it. There she is. Good hey, morning. Hey, up? there she is. That's the real producer. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Mark owes you his life. <laughs>